Welcome to Inside the Nest. Today, we get to catch up with KSU men's basketball great Kendrick Ray. My name's Nolan Alexander, and we appreciate you joining us on this episode of Inside the Nest. If you missed one of our first two episodes in the expansion of the Inside the Nest podcast, make sure to check out www.ksuals.com podcast, or go on ahead and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform app. So it goes to your phone, tablet, computer, etc., and all of those links are available at the ksuals.com slash podcast page. We spoke earlier with Izzy Palermo of Women's Lacrosse of how she's been able to balance being a Division I student athlete, so everything in the classroom, on the field, along with being a type 1 diabetic, and she has an amazing outlook on life. In our second episode of the expansion, we spoke with Brian Katrick. He's a familiar name from KSU football broadcasts, and he's the voice of the PGA Tour Network on SiriusXM. We heard stories of the rise of his career and the current state of golf as well. So that's what's going on right now with Inside the Nest, and of course you're going to hear from Kendrick Ray in this episode. Before we get going, though, we'd like to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by The Indy, Kennesaw's newest student house community. The Indy is now accepting applications for the fall of 2020. Visit www.livetheindy.com for more information. See what elevated student housing looks like. So if you're a fan of Kennesaw State basketball for at least the past handful of years, you're very familiar with the name Kendrick Ray. After he graduated from KSU, he's played overseas playing for four different teams in the past three years. While he was an owl, he was nearly unstoppable. The transfer from Quinnipiac University, after sitting out a year in 14-15, first appeared in the fall of 2015 and rewrote the single-season scoring record book. He was second-team All-A Sun. So what did he do in his second year? Well, he rewrote his own single-season record. 656 points, averaging over 21 per game. He was on the NABC second-team All-District, and he had a special honor. He was first-team a Sun All Conference, becoming the first out ever to earn that distinction in men's basketball. So Kendrick Ray is one of the all-time greats in Kennesaw State men's basketball history. We hear him reflect upon his time at KSU, who he keeps up with, some of his favorite moments. He also speaks about his time overseas and what it's looked like playing for four different teams in three years and everything he's learned on the court and off the court as well. He's appeared in the NBA Summer League twice for the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics, and he had a heck of a play in that, and we find out exactly what that looked like. So, let's go Inside the Nest with Kendrick Ray. So we're joined by Kendrick Ray. He was a star for Kennesaw State, as you heard in the introduction, and he has gone on to have one heck of a career overseas, and he's been in the NBA Summer League for a couple of seasons. So Kendrick, thank you for joining us, and where are you joining us from right now? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. You know, and I'm um, I'm actually home in New York City. Not New York City, um, Middletown, New York, upstate, about 45 minutes from New York City. And you're doing okay through this coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, you know, just... You know, I've just been in the house since I got here. I haven't really gone out anywhere, you know. So, so I ask everyone this question on Inside the Nest. Where were you 
when the moment hit when this thing escalated, not necessarily when you first heard about it, but when things got real, so to speak? I was in Greece because, you know, they, they started closing down restaurants, taking out the tables and chairs like nobody could sit and eat in restaurants anymore. Hmm. You had to you had to take it outside, take it to go. Also, the supermarket, they was letting people in one by one. So you had to wait outside in the line. You couldn't go in the supermarket with a whole bunch of people. Was it difficult to find a flight back to New York? Uh, actually, no, it wasn't difficult. It was just there was there was no more direct flight, so I had to do a connecting. There was no more direct. So you've been with the team AEK in Athens since early August, and that team went on to win a big championship here as of late. You're the leading scorer with 16 points in the 2020 Greek Cup final. Looking back through your time now, and I believe this is what your fourth team that you've been on over yeah, in uh, fourth, over in Europe. Fourth team. What have fourth you learned? Years. What have you learned through being on so many teams in such a short amount of time now in the professional ranks? This 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 is a business, hmm. definitely a business. But you know, I mean, it's, I don't I don't think Europe is not really like NBA with long term contracts. So it's like it's kind of. I'm kind of used to just signing for one year and, you know, being ready to go to the next team the next year. It's all about, I think in Europe, it's all about, like, different ranks. Because you know how the NBA is just, you know, the one level. Mm-hmm. But in Europe, you have all these different competitions on different levels, and you're trying to get to the, the top level in Europe. So, like, year by year, you have to play your way through the levels. So tell us right now, with AEK Athens, where does that rank as far as the top levels in Europe? I would say it's, bas- it's basketball champions league, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's it's kind of it's under Euroleague and Euro Cup. Euroleague being the top uh, is where everybody wants to play in Europe, mm-hmm. it's like one of the top leagues in Europe is under the NBA, and then you have Euro Cup, which is the same as under Euroleague, and then you have Champions League, which is under those two leagues. Speaking of the short contracts, I'm reading that you were actually loaned to a team, and you can help me out with these pronunciations because I know I'm going to butcher them, but you're with uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, and then in late February of 2019, you were loaned to Lamont Sarth of the French LNB Pro A. We don't hear the term loaned very much. What all does that entail? Because it, it basically, I was on a two-year contract with Maccabi Tel Aviv, and um, you know that first year we decided to to part ways and you know um they wanted to i wasn't really playing much you know and and we was we was um we was losing so Mm -hmm. i felt like i'm like i mean i want to play and we're losing so you know now it should be the time where i can show what i can do or whatever so we decided to uh part ways and i guess and alone is when another team takes over your contract for the remainder of that season that's just what a loan is like. They just take over the contract for the rest of the season. So I see here, speaking of uh, not playing as much as you wanted, but you made the most of it. In December 19th, you had 17 points in 13 minutes, five of five from the floor. Not too shabby, right? Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I just try to, <laughs> I try to always go by the, the wordings. Um, control what you can control. Stay ready at all times. You know, you never know when your name's gonna be called and when you're gonna be needed. So you know, I always try to stay ready and control what I can. 
So you started out your overseas career after graduating from KSU back in 2018 with a team out of the Czech Republic. You went on to win the Czech Cup and the Czech League title. You were leading score. You took the team to the FIBA Champions uh, League round of 16, where you actually lost your current team, AEK Athens, so a small world there. What did you learn that first year, not only on the court, but having to adjust to a new lifestyle, a new culture as well? On the court wasn't really much learning. You know, I just, the same. I just felt the, uh, the thing that's different about Europe was the uh, physicality and uh, the defensive schemes that the teams use. Because, you know, unlike the NBA, you can, in Europe, you can stay in the paint for as long as you want. You don't have to, you don't have to move out of there. So, you know, you got to figure out ways to get to the basket and score and stuff like that. But off the court, I think it was, it was tough because, you know, there's a different culture out there. Nobody speaks English. So you have to like walk around with a translator and all that stuff to get certain things you need in the supermarket. It was just, it was just a lot, you know, just dealing with the, the stuff in the house. Like everything's different. You got different outlets for your chargers, for your phone. You know, you don't have, you don't have good service out there with your phone. You need Wi-Fi at all times. So, you know, it's kind of tough, but then I think after a few years in Europe, you know, I've, I've adjusted. I hope you're enjoying this catch-up with men's basketball great Kendrick Ray, and we would like to take the time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Go on ahead and subscribe to this Inside the Nest podcast so you can have this weekly podcast delivered straight to your device, whether that's your phone, tablet, computer, etc., whatever app it's on. We've pretty much combed the landscape of all podcast platforms to make it very accessible for you comes out every single week. It's Inside the Nest. Let's get back to it with Kendrick Ray. Was it easy or difficult to separate the frustrations you may have had of adjusting to all of that? And then when it came time to practice and play on the court, or was there ever an overlap early on? Oh, no, that, never for me. Cause, you know, I, I kind of use basketball to get my mind off stuff you know mm. I, I go on the court and I don't I don't really think about other stuff like that I'm just thinking about the game and practice or whatever I have to do to help the team do you have any funny stories of being lost in translation whether it was that first year in the Czech Republic or throughout your time in Europe I remember I was returning something at a supermarket I mean I don't really think but the lady and the lady was kind of like she was trying to argue with me in Czech Republic but I, I just kept telling her like I don't understand. I don't understand what you're saying. So the whole time she's just saying, like, this can't be returned because you bought it already. Like, they have different rules out there. Hmm. So, like, I didn't even open the package, but she's like, you can't return it because you bought it. And the whole time she's, like, saying it in check. But then I had, I remember I was, you know, I was recording her saying it, and I had posted it to social media, like, frustrated because, you know, being a, making it a joke. But, and then, like, some of the fans wrote on it and was like, oh, yeah, she's saying you can't return it because you bought it already. And she's she's like you gotta leave now or or like she's gonna call the police or something like that. But it was it was just a whole thing. She thought I was trying to force her to take it back. So there's no Amazon 30 day return policy over there, is what you're saying? No, not really. <laughs> Speaking of fans, what were the fans like? Fans was great. They, mm -hmm. I think the fans are 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 more into the games than in the states actually. Hmm. Fans, the fans are great. I love the fans out here. You know, they they're really into it. They they they're gonna get down and personal with you, man. It's it's like live or die over there for the fans. Hmm. What are the crowds like? How big are these gyms? 
Uh, well, the biggest gym I've played in was was this year, Ike. Because actually, the gym we play in is the gym they used for the, the Olympics in uh, 2004. That holds about a lot of people. But the best fans for me was probably Maccabi Tel Aviv. It holds that game is so it's the games are sold out every every game every game we have is sold out in Maccabi wow. Tel Aviv and it holds like six thousand five thousand to six thousand people and they're and they're loud in there. There's nowhere you could really compare it to from your time at Kennesaw State or Quinnipiac playing college basketball with a certain gym. I would say no, I don't think so. Hmm. In between your stints with Maccabi Tel Aviv and Le Mans. You appeared in the NBA Summer League twice, in 2018 for the Utah Jazz and 2019 for the Boston Celtics. How did that transpire? How do you go from coming off that check season, playing overseas, getting ready for Maccabi Tel Aviv, and making your way back over to play for the Utah Jazz? It's nothing difficult for me. It's just day you have a season, and then certain teams look at you, and they, they ask you to come participate in their mini camps, and then they make the Summer League teams from there. But it wasn't really... Nothing for me. You know, I just, you know, I was so ready. I'm ready for the opportunity to go out there and just show these teams what I can do. So I won't. Hopefully, I won't have to go back overseas. You know, I just think it's it's all about just finding the right situation for yourself and what a team needs from you. What were your emotions like when you got the call from the Utah Jazz? Uh, it was it was it was actually I was actually a little emotional, you know, because that was my the first year actually leaving Kennesaw State. I was I was kind of upset because I didn't have no NBA workouts, no summer league teams, or nothing after the season that I just had, and it was kind of you know frustrating. So I took all that frustration and put it into that my season. I had a good rookie year, and then I got the call from Utah. You know, it was it was like like my work was paying off. So you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm another step closer to my dream. In that summer league, it was very respectable. Six and a half points, three and a half rebounds, three assists, over 20 minutes per game. Very productive for the Jazz. You go back to Le Mans, and then in July of 2019, last summer, you joined the Boston Celtics in the 2019 NBA Summer League. In those two summer leagues, can you name drop some players for us? Anyone that you felt like you had a good matchup or you made a great shot or had a lockdown defense on a guy that's currently gone on to do well in the NBA? Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was a... Uh... A lottery pick that year when I played for Utah Jazz, and uh, he tried to like on the, he was having a good game on that whole game. He be, he had like the most the most blocks in the summer league game ever. So I got a steal and I seen him coming to try to block me. So I knew I had to dunk it, and then <laughs> we both we both went up together, and then next thing you know, I dunked it on him. Has that been printed on a poster somewhere? I still I'm, I have to get that. <laughs> Speaking of dunks, you had an incredible dunk at Kennesaw State. It was a Sports Center top ten dunk at Louisville. You ever go back and watch that or see that pop up on your timeline? Yeah, actually, it's actually been brought up just recently because the kid that I dunked on, we was on the uh, same team with the Celtics this summer, so you know I had to bring it up to him. Really? When I saw, him. yeah. And who is that? Anawaku was his name. So was that the first thing you said? It's like, hey, what's up, man? Remember me? I put you on Sports Center top ten. Yeah, no, we were joking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go back to your time at Kennesaw State. And you came in and set records your first two seasons, single-season scoring records your first year, 15-16, ace and newcomer of the year, and then you topped that in 16-17 with a a whole series of accolades, first team all-ace-son. But I want to go back to when you transferred from Quinnipiac University out of 
Connecticut, and you had to sit out that first year in 2014-15. How difficult was that? You know, it was pretty difficult going through practices and not being able to play. I wanted to be out there with the guys, you know. But, I mean, it all, it all made me better because I used that just to, to work to work on my game and get better and get ready for the season I was going to play. Like, you could ask anybody that was with me during that time that I stayed. Mm-hmm. Like, I stayed in the gym. I was in the gym all the time, you know, late nights, early mornings, and then we had practice. You know, I was I was just always in. So for a kid who was born out of the Bronx and raised in Middletown, New York, had you ever heard of Kennesaw State before? No, I haven't, actually. When did you first get word of KSU, and how did you come upon the decision to transfer? The trainer that I worked out with in New Jersey, he was he was uh, cool with the AD at the time, Vaughn Williams. I got on the bus from, I think it was from New York. I got on the bus and came all the way down to Georgia, and that was the worst bus ride ever. <laughs> Why so? Because it was just so long, 15, 16 hours, and then, you know, the rest became history from there. At Quinnipiac, it's a small school, a private school located in Connecticut for those that are unaware. But I think it's so interesting, that arena. You walk in, and to your left, you have the hoops court, and to the right, you have the ice hockey rink. Did you ever venture yeah. over and put on a pair of skates? I ain't put on a pair of skates, but I was in there <laughs> watching. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, our hockey team was actually good. They, they was like, they used to always go to like the National Final Four Championship. They was, they was pretty good. Did you ever think you could play hockey? No, I didn't even think about it. What's one sport that you think you could pick up and play decently well right now, outside of basketball? Right now, mm, I'd probably say football, but, you know, I don't really like football. Okay. Where do you think you'd play? What do you think you'd be? What position? Either probably a wide receiver because of my jumping ability. All right, we'll put out an ad for the New York Giants now that you're back in the <laughs> right now. See if they need a wide receiver. As we wrap up this discussion with Kendrick Ray, we'd like to take a moment to thank our healthcare partner, Wellstar Health System. At Wellstar, their mission is to enhance the health and well-being of every person they serve. Their vision is to deliver world-class healthcare to every person, every time. This is the Inside the Nest podcast. Go on ahead, subscribe, and rate us on your platform that you're listening to this with. If you haven't downloaded this via your favorite app, you can subscribe, visit ksuals.com slash podcasts for the link to your respective app. Let's wrap the conversation and go inside the nest with Kendrick Ray. So your first year, Kendrick, in 2015-16, you were the A-Sun Newcomer of the Year, second team All-A-Sun, and you set the single season points record. When the season progressed and you saw the numbers pile up game by game. Was that ever in your mind of, I want to achieve this record, or did it just happen as a byproduct of playing game by game? Or is that a goal that you set out for? Uh, for me, no. That was just something that this came with, you know, with me playing game by game. I wasn't really thinking about that. Nah, I wasn't really. I was just focused on trying to, you know, play and try to get wins, you know. And then your second season, you had a target on your back. You don't go from A-Sun Newcomer of the Year to someone who's not listed on preseason All-A-Sun team, but your second team All-District, you're the first player in KSU history to be an A-Sun first team All-Conference hoopster. How did you prepare for that season knowing that everyone on their scouting report had your name circled and they needed to shut you down? That was something, you know, for me, I took as a challenge because I knew the second year was going to be tougher than the first. Mm-hmm. Because of what I, what I don't, and I wasn't gonna have um, Yanel Brown with me anymore. So, you know, he kind of, he kind of took some pressure off of me because mm-hmm. you know, 
teams had to stop him as well. So, you know, I just I just worked into the summer, you know, and just figure out, like, how can I score within the offense. You know, we were playing with Skinner. We had the uh, flex offense. So I would just try to figure out ways or something how I can get my points, you know, without, you know, going into double teams and stuff like that. So, you know, I just tried to watch a lot of film and, you know, be prepared for that because I knew, I knew it was going to come. I was going to see the best defender every night. Mm-hmm. And you're joined by Nick Masterson on that team. He made 54% of his threes. You made 86 three-pointers that season. Did y'all ever have any three-point shootouts on your own? Yeah, but he, he always beat me, too. That's the crazy <laughs> thing. <laughs> Nick, that, that's probably one of the, the best shooters I ever played with like, throughout my, my whole career. What was y'all's okay. chemistry like that season? Me and Nick? Mm-hmm. It was it was great. Nick he was he was he was a guy I always I always was bail out. Like I'll always find him somehow just in the corner, open, ready to shoot. And then vice versa, you know, we was always like there for each other, you know. I will find him, he will find me. I know it can be difficult at times, especially being overseas to keep up with everyone that you played with, but who do you keep up with from your time at KSU? Yanel Brown, Nick. I, t- I still talk to Nick time to time. I still talk with um, Cam Naismith. He was on our team, too, as well. And what do y'all discuss? What do you reflect upon your time at KSU? Any fun memories and stories? Yeah, you know, we just talk about everything. Like, what would college be like if we was there now? You know, stuff like that. Just a little small talk. Just checking up on each other. Well, what would college be like if you were here now? Crazy. <laughs> that's, that's all I could be. I, I just think it would be basketball-wise. I think it would be crazy just now. Like, with my game now and being in college, I think it would be – it wouldn't look too good for the opponents. Well, what's the biggest difference between your game from when you left KSU to now? You spoke earlier about some of the differences in your physicality and defense, but overall, what's kind of the biggest thing? My biggest thing was from Kennesaw's pace and playing slow, you know, just reading the game before it, before it happens. Mm-hmm. I think being overseas it helped me a lot just to like slow the slow the game down and play at different speeds. Cause I was actually I was in the house the other day watching my Kennesaw State highlights and it was just like kind of I was always going one speed. Like you'll see me on a fast break dribbling with five guys and the rest of my team is behind me. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I learned how to like slow down and pick my spots and when to when to attack and when to not. Mm, That's good point. that was big for me. What's maybe one bit of advice you would have to a current KSU basketball player or future KSU basketball player listening to this podcast? Um, you know, just stay the course and trust in your abilities and your work to to get to where you want to be. And also, anybody's watching. Like you don't you don't have to go to these big schools to uh to, you know make a name for you. So you know, just stay where you are in Kennesaw and you know try to try to put them on the map. You know. Mm-hmm. What does the near future hold for you? How are you going to adjust with this new way of life that we're going through via the coronavirus for how you want to stay fresh in the game? What does your training look like? Right now, I'm just I'm doing in-home workouts, you know, just like push-ups, squats and stuff like that. Because all the gyms is closed. So I'm just trying to find different ways to, uh, to stay healthy, but... I mean, I can't, I can't really say now. You know, I'm just, I'm taking a little break anyway because you know our season ended in March. Is that's, that's totally surprising. You know, we usually end in June. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just relaxing. You know, 
doing the little things now. But as the time progresses, you know, I will get back more into more into it. I hear some little voices behind you as well. Who, who's who's with you? My sons just woke up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and how many sons do you have? Two boys, twins. Twins. All right. Uh, they already yeah. started to pick up a basketball yet? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you think they're going to be better than their dad? I hope so. <laughs> I hope I hope they pick up basketball. You know, I, I'm supporting whatever they want to do, but, you know, I'm pushing them towards basketball for sure. What have you learned from being a father? One key word is patience. Mm. So pace of play, patience on the court, patience off the court as well right now for Kendrick Ray? Yeah. Yes, of course. As you know, it's, it's, twins is, is a lot of work, so you got to be patient with them. Well, Kendrick, we thank you for joining us here on Inside the Nest, and we're excited to see what the future holds for you. We wish you best of luck. Hopefully get another call here for the NBA Summer League. And I'll leave you with this in open floor. Is there anything that you'd like to say for any owls listening in, whether it's uh, current players, former players, fans as well? just want to say to you guys, thank you for the support throughout the years you gave me and just, you know, keeping me going and everything. And I'm hoping to sometime get back down there to uh, come see you guys and support, you know, meet everybody, new staff and everybody. I just want to come down there and support you guys. Well, Kendrick, we look forward to having you and hopefully you can bring your twins as well. We'll sign them up too. <laughs> of course. All right, Kendrick, thanks for joining us, bud. You stay safe, man. All right, you too. Thank you. So it's great to hear the success of KSU alumnus Kendrick Ray of what he's been able to do overseas as well as the NBA Summer League. And we're cheering for Kendrick as this summer approaches. We'll see what it holds in the current state of the world. But hopefully there's an opportunity for Kendrick Ray to continue to climb the ladder and reach the NBA. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us as well. We're going to be dropping it inside the nest every single week that touches at some point of the 1KS community with current student-athletes, coaches, support staff, alumni like Kendrick Ray, alumni like Brian Katrick, who not necessarily played a sport at KSU, but are working in the athletics industry, and then members of our 1KS community, you, the fans as well, partners, sponsors, donors, anyone that touches the black and gold of KSU. My name's Nolan Alexander. Thanks for joining us. This has been Inside the Nest.